Welcome to Smashing Through Walls with Carla McGee. Whether you are just pulling up a seat to the table, breaking a glass ceiling, or smashing through walls, grab your favorite mug and join us on the first and third Friday at 11 o'clock for candid conversations with industry experts and decision makers as we navigate and explore all the things related to real estate and community. Good morning, Wall Smashers. I am super excited to tell you today that I am with Jackie Yoder from Wild Wealth Management Group. And Jackie and I were chatting a little bit before we got on air because finance we have in common. And it is the, I'd say, one of the biggest wall smashing areas that women in particular encounter, right? Because it's all math. And it's typically male dominated. And our history that we share, or not history, but our what we have in common is that I also got a finance degree and we have very similar backgrounds. And so I was like, oh, we need to wait and take this conversation on air because we were we were doing good stuff. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. So tell me a little bit about yourself first and about um, Wild Wealth Management Group and kind of like how you got there and and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, I guess a little bit of just about me personally. I have two kids, 11 and 9. Girls or boys? Oldest is a girl. Second one is a boy. So I have two girls and they're 12 and 9. Oh, cute. See, we have so much in common. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, they're fun ages, right? Mm-hmm. Exhausting all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It is fun. I love it. I'm adoring it. And- Does your 9-year-old call you bro? Yes. Oh, yeah. We bro, broski, mm-hmm. um, broheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the bro. Yeah, I, I had a conversation that um, mom is not bro. Right? Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I I just roll with that. I'm like, yeah, bro, what's up? And then I just call her that while she's at school. I'm like, hey, bro, I see you. And she's like, you're so embarrassing. You like this? It's so extra. I don't understand. <laughs> I can roll with extra. It's the attitude I can't handle. That's true. No, but that's the older one. You have two girls. I do. And I will say, like, the girls at this age, um, yeah, the attitude is it, it's coming in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some hormones, man. Some hormones. Just feed them some chocolate and tell them they're pretty and everything will be okay. <laughs> yes. But what I I do adore about girls are that they are a lot more independent and they just get their stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. So my youngest, which is my son, is a little bit more of a challenge in that area. So he <laughs> essentially has two moms and that's okay. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, so they keep me busy, I guess, when I'm not at Wild Wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And then... I spend my days at Wild Wealth running running the company, essentially, right? Yeah. And growing very quickly and doing all the fun stuff there. So Very cool. What do your kids think about your job? Uh, well, you know, they, I will say my kids are the sweetest in the sense that they really respect um, in the, how hard I work. Yes. They do put me in my place. When there's times I'm working too much, mm-hmm. um, which I need, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they do. They appreciate it. They love it. And um, they are very proud of me, I think. And oh, very cool. Hopefully one day they appreciate everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I know in particular for me, raising girls, you know, it's one of the reasons I started the podcast is because I don't just want to break glass ceilings. I want to smash down the walls. Yeah. And it's for them, yeah. right? I don't want them to have to... 
endure the the roadblocks that can come with finance, in my case, commercial real estate, mm-hmm. where, you know, we're some of the only women in the room or especially at the table at times. I just wanted an opportunity to bring everybody to the table and so that the so that my girls can see it. So do you feel the same way with your daughter in particular? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, she she definitely asks a lot of questions, right? And um, she has seen, you know, through the years, I mean, I started my career in accounting, actually. Mm-hmm. But even that, I was in um, a male-dominated industry because I mm-hmm. worked for a mining company. Oh, gosh, right. <laughs> and so I've always been in these male-dominated industries of just feeling like, you know, you're just always like figuring out how to get up, you know, and and make an impact as a woman in that environment. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it's not easy all the time. No. I remember telling my broker once when we were talking about, he was like, you know, I'm just people orientated. I, I think that we should give all people an opportunity. And I'm like, I agree with you. We want the same opportunity to fail yeah. or succeed just like any, you know, any man in our industry. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope sometimes I know for me that I'm I'm opening their eyes because I'm not afraid to be to call something out that has a discrepancy or when I see it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard. I remember, you know, I've always just been so driven. And I remember watching there was very few women in leadership. Mm-hmm. But the ones that were, I I felt I couldn't look at them as, um, you know, a mentor because they had become so hardened yeah. by working in the male industry. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be hard. Right. You would have to learn how to you stick can, up for yourself. Right. But be don't, a powerful woman don't in a respectful Don't mistake my way. kindness for weakness kind of thing. Yeah. When I worked at Boeing and I left, I left because I had my daughter. And they would not show me any kind of flexibility at all. They'd let me work overtime from home, but they wouldn't let me work like a day home a week. It was just ridiculous. So I'm basically in the VP's office in tears. Like, I just tried for three years to have this baby, and I'm having a really hard time leaving her. And at this point, it's she's like 10 months old, and I'm still struggling. So yeah. it's not, you know, baby blues. It's not, I'm really just struggling. And she looked at me, and she goes, I had to do it. How come you don't have to? Oh, Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, isn't that what we've been working so hard for? Like, so that, so that our daughters, your, you know, your daughters, your granddaughter, like don't have to, that they can, you know, they can try and have the ability to have it all. So it's, you know, then goes back to that struggle. Cause if, cause if men are very driven, they're just very goal orientated. And if we're very driven, then we have no balance. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, kind of like that example you just used, she's like, well, I did it, right? Right. And she was molding to how a man is in an industry, right? Right. And it doesn't have to be that way. Nope. And we can have compassion and yeah. and exude kindness. And like I said, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. It's one of my favorite quotes. So then how do you explain to your kids what you do? <laughs> <laughs> so hard. <laughs> it's been hard. I mean, they do ask questions, especially the older they get, right. right? But they definitely see my phone constantly going off mm-hmm. and all of those things. And so I just kind of explained to them, you know, mommy is, I have to help all the employees at the company, all the advisors. I'm always just trying to help the business grow and we're helping, you know, clients every day. We have to do stuff for the clients because of, you know, we help manage their money Mm -hmm. and just try and like 
simplify it, but it's very hard to, well, sometimes I struggle explaining to a a grown-up because I'm like, "Uh, everything? No, kidding. (laughs) What don't I do? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like the mom of the company. Kind of. I always say that's what our country needs right now. We just need a mom to step in place and be like, you all need to behave yourself, okay? Like, just someone be like, no, you need to balance your checkbook and you need to eat more vegetables and you all need to get along. Right. And then we'll all be okay. And maybe someday we'll see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just come in and start wagging their finger. Um, so I know for my daughters, like uh, my younger daughter just told me recently that she was like, mom, I knew you like sold real estate, but I didn't know you like sold real estate. I was like, well, which one's better? She's like, sell and real estate. I was like, okay, weirdo. (laughs) I love that. Right. And I'm like, are you watching too much TV? Are we watching too much house flippers or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't just. No, it's fun because I, I, I. our kids are the same ages, and mm-hmm. so they are getting where they're kind of putting it together, mm-hmm. not completely, but they're curious, you know? So it is it is funny when they're kind of putting it together. Right. Like, they have, like, the little, like, light bulb moments, like, oh, that's what you do. Or, She's oh. actually doing something during the day when I'm at school. <laughs> Correct. No, honey, I'm just sitting there thinking about you, baby, and right. how I can serve you all day long. And they pay me for it. Yay. You like that trip to Disneyland. <laughs> right. <laughs> So true. <laughs> so, okay. So Wild Wealth Management Group, tell me about them. How did they get started? Uh, you know, kind of like what are your guys' mission? Like, just tell me more about the company. Yeah. So Trevor, he's um, the owner of the company. Him and his dad started the company back in, what was it, 2003. You know, they just kind of grew slowly for a while and then Three years ago, um, when I came on, um, that's when the company was really starting to to really start to grow. So since those three years, we've more than doubled, almost tripled the business. Wow! Um, and it's just taken off, and it's it's been fun and exciting. And I mean, Trevor, Trevor himself, he's. Um, you know these industries that are dominated by men. Mm-hmm. You don't always get maybe more of those genuine people. And he is just a genuine guy. That's very cool. Like people want to work for him. They Mm -hmm. want to be part of what he has, right? Something that Trevor and I um, definitely were on the same page about was giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And so we actually have our own nonprofit called Wild for Arizona. um, And we do, we work with different a different charity every quarter. Wow. And Trevor's on two different boards. He's on Child Crisis Arizona okay. board and Junior Achievement. I'm on Chrysalis board. And so that's a huge part of our business as well is just making sure that in this growth and, you know, we know how blessed we are in making sure that we're giving back at the same time. So that's a little bit about us. Obviously, the clients are huge. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Trevor as well the past couple of years has also been ranked number one, number two on Barron's and Forbes every single Very year. Cool. Yeah. And so um we've been we've been really blessed, honestly. Chrysalis. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. Why do I recognize that name? What is that organization? Um so Chrysalis helps um abused people. So they give uh they do have like a shelter if you're in an abusive situation and need to get out right away and don't have somewhere mm-hmm. to go. They have a shelter and so they um they help out um with anyone in an abusive situation situation. Yeah. So kids, you know, 
females, males, right? you know, anyone. So. We actually are going to an event tomorrow at oh. Horses Help. Yep. Yes, it's our big fundraiser for the for the year. Are you going to be at Barn Bash? I can't go tomorrow, no. Stop, <laughs> really? Know. We have a whole table there. We're yeah. sponsoring the bar. Yep, yep. You knew that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> So it's our, I know I'm, I feel so bad oh. that I couldn't go tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And like we just did in three, our three Q, we partnered with them. And They're so amazing. we did like an employee event, went to the shelter, played bingo, got pizza for the ones that were staying there. It was, it was so fun. So, wow. Yeah. See, look how much we have in common. I had no idea. So yes, we are going to Barn Bash tomorrow to yeah. sponsor horses help or to, you know, help horses help or help mm-hmm. fundraise with horses help. I've had them on the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, Greg. We're also involved with them business-wise. And then we are sponsoring the bar because, hello, who doesn't want to go to the bar? Correct. Right? So all of those that are there, go drink the MHG margarita. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, uh, fundraise, you know. Uh, what bidding on auction items and stuff like that. That's yeah. so funny. You totally caught me off guard. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought I was telling you brand new information. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> exciting. I'm so glad you're going. Yeah. 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 Chelsea Baracco works with me. Okay. And she is very involved at Horses Help and also at Tierra Madre, which is a horse sanctuary. Okay. Yeah. And then I just personally, same, right? Well, like our brokerage gives back to the community, obviously. Yeah. And then for myself, to my kids, to show them how important it is to give mm-hmm. back, I'm a PTA president at their school. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, you'd say that until like tomorrow is also our fall festival. And I've just been off more than that. A couple of years ago, I was the treasurer. And, yeah. Um, yeah. How'd that go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I think people grossly underestimate it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about your school, but our school, there's only about five of us running around doing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I do wish people would get more involved in general, Mm -hmm. right? Pick a charity, any charity. I just want my kids to see what I'm doing. And, you know, and then my daughter went into junior high this year. So I also joined the booster Oh, perfect. I have a death wish, apparently. <laughs> so, or like too much free time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love, um, so my daughter, because she's 11, I've started taking her to when we do the volunteer employee events. Mm-hmm. I definitely noticed the one we did with Chrysalis this past quarter. She's so comfortable now. You know, she, she doesn't yeah. get in those situations and freeze. Like, she's so comfortable, and it it just made me proud, you know? Yeah. Have you guys done Feed My Serving Children? So, we did, like, a couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's another one we get involved with uh, through the school, through Girl Scouts, stuff like that. There's just, there's so much opportunity, especially in Arizona. We're such a large state with mm-hmm. huge cities. I mean, if, if you want to be involved, there is so much opportunity. In fact, the... Arizona Women's Resource Center just called me because they got a grant. And so now we'll be looking for some real estate for them oh, that's awesome. um, on the west side. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. How amazing. Yeah. And then I know, um, yeah, then there's people who look for like behavioral health centers in terms of, you know, real estate, mm-hmm. sex trafficking victims, stuff like that. And so they look for like multifamily opportunities so that they have housing and, okay. and things like that. Wow. So speaking of real estate, do you guys, so let's go back to like wealth management. Yeah. Do you guys ever advise your clients to diversify their portfolios into real estate? Like how does that work? Every advisor has kind of their own 
little thing that they um, kind of advise clients on, yeah. right? But I would say in general, I would say 100%, a lot of the advisors definitely recommend diversifying that, right? Yeah. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Nope. And it's even like, take out even, you know, real estate or whatever. It's, it's even like your normal portfolio. Like you don't want to put everything into Tesla stock, right? right. <laughs> like everything in your life should be diversified. Right. Um, and so I would say a lot of the advisors probably go by that motto. So. Yeah, because there's a couple different avenues they can do. They can own their own personal real estate or invest in like REIT funds and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can even 1031 into mm-hmm. syndication funds, um, opportunity zone funds, yeah. um, things like that, you know, to defer capital gains. Yeah. If you are selling your Tesla stock because you put it all in one <laughs> basket, right? Yeah. Right. I know there's going to be people out there that hate me right now for saying that. <laughs> I'm well, fine. they can I'm call me. We'll it. find them an opportunity zone property and we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll just defer those gains there's and some, take them down the road. There's some diehard Tesla stock owners. <laughs> Is there really? It's like the Microsoft stock owners, yeah. I feel like. Like, yeah. they're OGs. Or uh, the crypto. Ever, you know, no. there's these crazy people. Everything's in crypto. And I'm like, okay, okay, can we can we just put it in different spots? Right. <laughs> different buckets, guys. Different buckets. You guys are making me sweat over here. <laughs> My husband is a huge crypto fan. Okay. Yes, and checks his wallet. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, that's all people do that happen. I swear that yeah. they spend their day just checking it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I hilarious. think that's a little dangerous from all all perspectives mm-hmm. to sit the, to watch the fluctuations or anything. I was told from a young age, like, put it there and let it sit, right? 100%. Yeah, because if you're watching it go up and down, that's where, like, panic sets in, right? 100%. And at the end of the day, it you know, real estate, the stock market, they're all the same. It's very cyclical, right? Yep. It's going to go down, but guess what? It's going to come back up, that's I promise, right. you know? It's like a bouncing ball. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. staring at it every yeah. minute of the day isn't going to yeah. change it. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we want it to be more like a volleyball and less like a racquetball where it's like right. pinging across like crazy. We'd, we'd like it to slow down a little bit. Yes. But yeah, and it does have to go up and down. We can't continue to see this like spike going up, up, and up, and up because that's where bubbles happen and things 100%. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So... I know. I've gotten a lot of calls about interest rates lately. I'm sure. I was, I was actually going to ask you that. Sure, like, ask me. How many people are, uh, you know, having a, a bit of a meltdown over these interest yeah. rates? And then I felt like I read something the other day that they were saying that they might go down a little bit in December. Is that what you're seeing? Or Well, we just had a hike right. this week. Yeah, 0.75. So there's a couple trains of thought there, right? Number one, it's so interesting to me that right, like just use today as an example, right? You can get a pretty good deal right now. There's like seller concessions mm-hmm. and there's um, a lot of opportunity to buy down rate and things like that that you can work with the seller because they have so much equity in their house. Right. But there is a hesitation, there's a perception, right? And I don't know where that's coming from because those same people won't won't buy a house right now and won't negotiate that are the same people that were putting $100,000 over asking at 2.99%. The math for under asking at 7% is less than 100,000 over uh, yeah. at 2.99. You know what I mean? Yep, and it's so the the thought pro- I don't understand the thought process. I don't understand the panic. And maybe that's cuz we see it so we just we're kind of we're in it every day. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, so it's not a big deal to us. Yeah. 
But yeah, there's a perception that goes along. And then, so there's two two trains of thought right now about interest rates. Number one is that we'll be by 10% at the end of next year and we're going to mm-hmm. hold steady for a while. The other train of thought is that as we move into a recession, that then they will reduce interest rates. Because look, that's what I was taught in business school. Right. When you're in a recession, you reduce, like interest rates are like a lever that you use to help control the economy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you're in a recession, you bring it down to help boost the economy, right? Well, we didn't do that. They never went back up when we recovered from the last one. No. And then look what happened. I always wondered if the lever worked. Well, yeah, I guess so. Right. Yeah. So I don't know which school I belong to of which one, because probably because I have no control over it. Right. But, so we'll see. Yeah. But if interest rates come down. Well, and I think too, I think in both of our industries, I feel, you know, we went through a pandemic <sighs> that, no one knew, no one's ever been through. Right. That was new. We had no idea the market would go up the way it did. And so I feel like we're kind of treading new ground still in a in a sense, right? Right. So Right. Because we're like just finally, I feel like recovered. But mm-hmm. what does that mean? And I don't know how old you are and I won't guess. I just know that we have kids the same age. Yeah. So I'm going to assume we're somewhere in a similar bucket. There's a lot of things I have at least encountered in my lifetime that like weren't a thing. When 9-11 happened, yeah. we went into almost an instant recession because we had a terrorist attack. 100%. That came out of left field, right? No yeah. one no one knew that was going to happen. And then, and then even before then, we had the dot-com bust, yep. bubble pop. Yep. So then that happened. Then the like 2008 lending fiasco. Oh yeah, that was a mess. That was a mess, <laughs> right? And then now COVID and and we're yeah. always fine. Mm-hmm. So that's what, I don't know if it's like a, an industry thing or just an age thing where I'm like, we have no control over it and it's going to be okay. Right. Like, it always is. Yeah. Right? Like we're not going to, we're not going to go spiraling down, crashing into the earth like no it's going to be fine yes yeah. we're going to get through it like we did it all the times all before all the times before <laughs> yeah and i lived in seattle in the 90s where i really saw the dot com oh, bubble yeah, burst yeah. it was really interesting and i was just on fox news last week and was telling them they were kind of asking some of the same questions and um i was like here's here's what we know right here's the facts businesses are still coming here they're still building at record rates because we have such a great workforce here. We're educated, we're hardworking, um, and we still have a housing shortage. Yeah. Yep. What If we start seeing these big mega companies start stopping mid-construction like they did in Seattle in the 90s during the dot-com yep. bust, yep. then we have a problem. But as long as they're still seeing these properties to completion and then hiring people and putting them in, we still have a strong economy. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a question for you because I know you're more in the commercial side. I had to go downtown and I used to work downtown um, because I worked at Freeport McMoran. Oh, okay. And I have a lot of friends there still. And I noticed some of those big buildings, like those companies are not there. What are those big buildings? Like, what are they doing? Downtown? Yeah. What are the crossroads? So it would have been like Central and um, like 
Is it Van Buren or? And the buildings aren't there anymore? Well, the buildings are there. It's all the sky, like yeah. the high sky rise um, buildings. And I noticed some of the big companies. I think oh. Wells Fargo might be one that was down there across from us. I don't they're think gone. they're, yeah. Yeah. I want to know what they're doing with them. <laughs> I don't know. So office, we have definitely seen like um, some interesting fluctuations in because yeah. of, co- I think COVID was really like a big indicator because if you look at it from like a business perspective, right, you guys are probably dealing with this that, wow, people could work from home and still be productive. Like, why are we paying all this office mm-hmm. space? Yes. Yeah. Right. So again, with the two trains of thought, there are companies that are like, nope, y'all are going back to work because regardless that monthly office lease commitment you have, you still have it. You still have to pay it. You have to pay it, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we are seeing like some subleasing increase and stuff. So some of them are trying to sublet it. Got it. It's a good opportunity if, you know, if a company wants to move into like a swanky spot to get a good deal right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good idea. We uh, we actually are going to be looking for space um, in our Tempe location well, here soon. Well, you know who to call. I do know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys are currently in Tempe? We have one, uh, one of our offices is in Tempe, and we are just growing and need more space. So. Wow. Yeah. And are you guys all over the valley then? Yeah. So we have Scottsdale, Tempe, Glendale, Payson, Sedona, um, and Tucson in Arizona. And then we have a location in California, New Mexico, the state of Indiana. That's random. That one is random. <laughs> that one's a satellite I, office. You to say no, that one's a Indiana. satellite office. But yeah, we I, do. We yeah. have our CCO is um, the one that's actually there. Is that because they live there? Yeah, she okay. <laughs> she ended up she ended up moving back uh, to be closer to her um, her mom and dad. So wow, yeah, I bet that she got a really great house at a great price in A hundred percent. Well, it was so random because what, the first time I ever met her, um, she was telling me where she lived and she's like, it's in the middle of nowhere and you you never heard of it. And she tells me and I just die laughing because my brother actually owns a farm literally 20 minutes from her. And That's she goes, hilarious. I've never met anyone that has ever heard of where I live. That's so funny. <laughs> like the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So, so she has a nice house and I yeah. bet she does. Yeah. That's a lot of area. And mm-hmm. you guys did that really quickly then. You said in the last few years, really. How has that happened so quickly, do you think? I mean, it really just comes down to kind of what we built, like I said. And then um so we have people that work with us. We have wholesalers and everything mm-hmm. that anytime they know of an advisor that wants to leave their firm, I mean, oh. they are, we're their first call, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like I said, that speaks volumes for what Trevor has built and our organizations. So. What does a wholesaler mean in your mm. industry? Because I know my, what a whole in- wholesaler means yeah. in my industry. So in everyone's portfolios, right, you always have the different fund companies, like yeah. different funds. And so that they're considered our wholesalers, right? Mm-hmm. And so for each fund family, whether it's a 
you know, we can use a basic like a Fidelity, American okay. Funds, whatever. There's a wholesaler for each of those. And the ones we work with the most and have those relationships are mm. the ones that are like, no, you got to go talk to them. So, yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because like my husband sells commercial and industrial HVAC. Mm-hmm. And they have wholesalers in their industry too. And yeah. it's like, and I know we do in our industry. I didn't know like everybody does yeah. basically. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and so it's super fascinating to me what it means like in his industry it means that they sell like uh shelf stock items okay right yeah. like uh i don't i can't think of an example right now but like if you needed parts you would just go to a wholesaler and right. buy a part yeah right versus like having a custom workup from his company kind of thing right and for us it means in particular residential real estate that those are the one. Do you get the text messages on your house? I do. Yeah, I think that, I got one this week actually. <laughs> and you're like one million dollars. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I see what all my neighbors are selling that's for. That's right. Uh, it's those are typically wholesalers, and then they get your property oh. under contract, and then they sell the contract to an investor. Got it. Yeah, they're okay. not. I'd say eighty twenty, right? Eight times out of ten, they are not the ones actually purchasing your property. They're just trying to get it under contract for cheap. And it has to work because they, they make, keep doing it. They keep doing <laughs> it. Yeah. They pay like virtual assistants, you know, out of who knows where, like $3 an hour to just sit there and cold call and text and in oh like mass amounts. Mm-hmm. I, I, how do they get our numbers? <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted to know. <laughs> There's a lot of ways. They use what they call skip tracers, okay. which is another service that they can use to get phone numbers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did I sign amounts. up for something that I wanted Probably to sell in my house? <laughs> our, you know, we think our information is private. Yeah. None of it is private. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's private today. <laughs> no, I mean... It's like my house is in a trust, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is, I feel like buried and I still get text messages and I'm in real estate. Like yeah. do your homework, leave right. me alone. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I'm in a trust too. So, yeah. Yeah. And they're still getting your information. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wow. super easy because they can just look it up. But yeah. yeah, so I one of my first jobs was telemarketing. <laughs> you miss it, don't you? <laughs> oh, <that's so> <laughs> when I was like 13. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because um, I had to start working when I was really young. We literally had like sheets of paper and the phone number would be like one, two, three, four, five, six. And the next number would be one, two, three, four, five, seven, one, two. And it would just, and that's how we called people. And just some of them were disconnected and you would write like disconnected on it or you would write, you know what I mean? But like, that's how we did it. DNC meant do not call. That's before there was a registry. Mm -hmm. How much did you get yelled at? (laughs) All the time. You know what though? That taught me more valuable things about sales I'm sure <laughs> that I could have learned in any any position ever yeah ever because I got yelled at by my coworkers because I was 13 and they were like adults mm. I got yelled at by people but then I was out selling the adults so yeah. you know I was like I just got I just learned how to get told no all the time right. okay thanks it's not personal you just move to the next one, one two three four five seven <laughs> and you just keep going keep down going. the line yeah. and then somebody eventually buys it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that maybe helped a lot in getting into real estate. It probably did. Yeah. Because yeah, I get told no still all the time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Next. Bye. Yep. Like it's not, <laughs> they don't know me. It's not personal. No. I remember working in a restaurant when I first moved here in 96. I was a manager. So I was like 19. I was a manager at Blimpy back when we had Blimpy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and um, one of the gals was like crying because this lady was like so rude to her. And I was like, she doesn't know you. No. Like, just brush it off. I know she was rude. You know, go take a second, mm-hmm. brush it off. But she doesn't know you. Like, what do you know is true? Are you a bad person? Right. Right. Like, did you make the sandwich prices? Right. No. Like, and the, she might have had the worst day of her life. And right. you were the person right. that you, she took it out on. So, right. like, so you next. Right. There's more people down the line. And, yeah. You know, most people want to be nice to you. So, yeah. Let's just focus on those. But yeah. In real estate, people can be really nasty sometimes. Yeah. Anytime you're dealing with people's money, right? I'm 100%. sure you guys get that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're human and, you know, we just move on to the next one, I guess. Yeah. So do you, so you guys also, there are also sales components in your, in your job as well. How are you bringing in more women into those roles? Yeah. So, you know, it is hard to find female advisors, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's getting a little bit better, maybe. Uh, But for me, it's a lot about um, just, you know, getting out there, having those networking events with those women. And the ones that, you know, I have some of my girls that start out as assistants Mm -hmm. and they think about wanting to get into it. And I really push them and encourage them to do that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... Sometimes it's not even having to go out and find a female advisor. Sometimes it's grooming, you know, somebody that starts out in that assistant role to right. eventually become that advisor. Um, but there's a there's a lot of value, a lot of value in a female advisor. They have such a different perspective than a man, right? Right. It is very, very bizarre to think that we're sitting here in 2022. It's still so male-dominated. Right. Well, it's like representation matters too. Mm -hmm. So as long as, you know, women have a seat at the table and can speak up, then, you know, bring that diversity to the table when they see people in a leadership role, because how many examples do they have to look at, right? right? So they, having that representation in in either of our fields, honestly, Mm -hmm. is super important just so that younger women, assistant age coming up are like, well... Maybe I can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an agent that came in, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and to sell uh, a multifamily property. And a smart agent will realize when they're working outside of their scope and, and rope in, you know, a commercial broker or somebody who knows what they're working on. She was like, she goes, I follow you on Instagram. And I see everything you're doing. And she's like, I look up to you. I'm so excited to be able to work with you. And it's because representation matters, right? We really do need to put ourselves in a position to set an example for uh, not even the next generation, even our peers um, who just thought that maybe they, they couldn't do it for whatever reason and that are now like, you know, having their daughters look, look towards us or even, you know, even young men that, don't fit in with with yeah. their peer group, you know? Yeah, no, we, it was actually this week we had, every year we do a whole all-day advisor forum and 
um, I put all of it together, right? Yeah. I always open it up. And um, when I welcomed everyone, um, you know, I welcomed our newest advisor, which is a female. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look around that room and it's all these men. <laughs> There's right. like a couple of us women. And I go, I just added more female blood. And if you think I'm going to stop, I'm not. I'm going to add more. That's right. <laughs> So. Well, and again, again, it goes back to the representation because I know in our brokerage, once I joined, more women started joining. And I think sometimes it's, you know, the interest is there, the intelligence is there, even the experience might be there, but it is can, it can be for some people very intimidating to yeah. walk into a room full of men mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I want to I play. Yeah. I want to join you, right? I'd say some of us, I'm going to assume you're one of them. It's just like any other room, yeah. you know, that it's no different to us than it would be to anybody else. But that's not always the case. I mean, I know men that get intimidated in a room full of women, too. So yeah. I think that that needs to be important in all roles, right? Even female, do- like teachers, female-dominated roles. I yeah. My daughter has a man teacher this year, and it's the first time she's ever had one in fourth grade. And wow. she was a little... She came home and she was like, he's mean and he's stern. Oh. And I'm like, he's just not the like Snow White Mary Poppins that you're used to <laughs> totally. that sings literally, sings songs <laughs> every morning and talks to birds. And like he he's there for his job, which is teaching you. Yeah. And you need to calm down a little bit mm-hmm. and just realize that he's probably not talking to you. He's probably talking to the kids that aren't listening. Right. Right. And the... The tone of his voice is lower and deeper, yeah. right? Then, okay, boys and girls, we all need to pay attention now. <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, get your stuff together. Let's round it up. Right. So, I mean, even just like, and I think in those types of roles, we need to see more diversity so that our kids walk into the world knowing that the world doesn't look one way or another so that they can go into various types of roles, yeah. you know? I know my daughter has two male teachers this year. Very cool. Absolutely adores them. Yeah. Um, what grade is she in? Uh, she's in six. Ah, uh, is she in junior high? Uh, no, so she's in a charter school. Okay. And so she'll go to junior high next year. Yeah. Because uh, it only goes to sixth grade, so. Because I noticed, and maybe this is another gender gap, in the older grades, there's more male teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why. they don't have patience for the younger kids, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Have you met teenagers? I, I'm like, toddlers and teenagers seem very similar to me. But it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the dads aren't um, super hands-on when they're babies, you know? I think right. men really struggle with those younger Maybe. ages sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Where a teenager, they're, they figure they can just be hard on them. Right. I'm trying to think, do I know <laughs> any like male kindergarten teachers? No. Right. I definitely don't. They're not singing ABCs. <laughs> and No. I, yeah. But yeah, I, so I noticed my daughter's in junior high and she has like half male teachers. Okay. Yeah. And yep. Like that makes, and once she hit like sixth grade, that's when I noticed. And I think it's because it's like K through five. It's like, I think it's the degree difference too. Yeah. Like, like one's primary, one's secondary. Oh, when that's they go to right. school, to college, to yeah. study teaching. I don't know what education. Yeah, whatever. Education. <laughs> teaching. Teaching. <laughs> Can we keep using that? It's fine. <laughs> I just make up my own language. I love I it. <laughs> I think that that's the... That's where the break is, though, too. I think you learn K through 5 is primary, mm-hmm. and then 6 through 12 is secondary. 
and that's how their their degrees are split up too. So maybe that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I noticed once she hit sixth grade, she had like, maybe she had her first male teacher also. Oh, wow. I don't even remember now. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then now she has multiple. And then I know Lish, our admin, she's had kids go through high school and has had probably more male teachers because she's nodding her head. So, and her dad was a teacher. Yeah. High school. school, See, high school teacher. When did he go to like, (laughs) I'm sorry, now she has a question. Wait a second. So he was a teacher and then, but now, but he's, that's not how he's retiring. No, no. Um, he spent a couple of years as a substitute science teacher. Oh, I think I remember you telling me. Yeah, that. and when a full time position didn't materialize, he sought other things. But I did want to share a quick <laughs> <Yes>. story <laughs> about a male kindergarten teacher that I met once. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's no. not a tumor. <laughs> it was not a tumor. <laughs> no, he said that he had to get out of kindergarten because his first week teaching, he was substituting in a kindergarten class, and a little girl came up to him and said, Mr. So-and-so, I can't zip up my pants. Can you oh, help me? And oh. he goes... No, I cannot. You need to go to the office. <laughs> so that might be part of it. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it's the nurturing it's, well, thing, too. Right. It's very hands Women are very nurturing. Yeah. In general. And and the men in are general. more. Let's well, exclude Carla. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I work for her, so I can say that. Because <laughs> that's Lish, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one I'm always referring to. It's the magic behind the curtain. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, you guys were talking about job titles. So my kids used to tell people when I was a recruiter, when they would say, oh, what does your mom do? They would always say, oh, she's an internet stalker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. Okay, go back to it. I love that. That's so funny. Well, that's, I'm a real realtor, according to my kids. A real one. A real one. Do, do you know what your kids call you? I don't. No. I'm scared. You should ask them when you go home tonight and be like, how do you, when you're, Friends say, "What do your What does your mom do? What do you tell them?" I I do need to ask that actually, yeah. but now I'm kind of scared to no, be honest. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend Jacqueline is like a director, like mid level manager for a healthcare company that facilitates in home healthcare, and okay. she knows so much medical lingo that her kids tell her when they were little used to tell people that her mom is a doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my mom's a doctor. She'll take care of that. She's she's like I'm really not. I'm I not a doctor. <laughs> she should have just rolled with it, right? But she's like, what if someone needed CPR? Oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> she's like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to do. I just know how, how to tell them how to call their insurance company. Right? And code that. Like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. She, I like her a lot. Uh, um, yeah. She went to WGU, which is an online college, self-paced. Oh. Um, and over COVID and completed her bachelor's degree in like 18 months. That's amazing. Yeah. What did she go for? Uh, healthcare Health. management, healthcare administration. Wow. Whatever the business degree version of healthcare is. Got it. Not teaching. <laughs> so she... Not doctoring. She's yeah. like, I need something to do during COVID. Yeah. Well, and now, now she's like, like she started, she was like a manager, like a supervisor. And now she's like a director, like boom, like oh. her trajectory just... Good for her. And in her area of healthcare, which is kind of the back end, right? Mm-hmm. Not the front end, is 
once you get to like director position and above, it's very male dominated. Oh. Isn't that interesting? I could kind of see that now that you're saying it. Yeah, right? Because you start thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, who who runs the show yep. and versus who's working the show. And yeah, because I didn't think about that either, but she was pointing it out to me. But again, those are business roles. Yep. And, you know, that's kind of what we see when once we go into that. What did you study? Did you study finance? So my undergrad is actually in accounting, and then I have a concentrate in finance with my MBA. Got it. Yeah, I, cu- I cried during an accounting final once. <laughs> it was so bad. It was managerial accounting. <laughs> I cried because my balance sheet would not match oh, up. Oh, they weren't equal. <laughs> no, and I was like a final, and I couldn't tell where they were tricking me. And I had a cold, and you know you can't get out of a final. I don't care if no. you're dying. And so, like, my snot is dripping down my face, and I can't, and then I'm starting to cry, and I just cried. And you know how, like, oh. you erase paper, and yes. it just gets worse? Yep. And it was it was really bad. Yeah. So, I did not study the accounting side of things. Yeah. Where, yeah. So, you have your MBA. Where did you go? I did my MBA through GCU, actually. Oh. And I did that because, at the time— they were one of the few ones that you could do it online. Yeah. And I started my MBA when my son was probably four months old. So, yeah, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, and I was still I was still in the accounting world, and I was working, you know, 60-hour days. So I needed something that I could do online and all of that. And so, yeah, they were one of the few ones that at the time I could do it through. That makes sense because I was looking into my MBA when my— older daughter was little, so 12 years Mm -hmm. ago. And there were very few online programs available. It was kind of like University of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And that was really like it. And I'm like, I didn't want to go from the University of Washington Business School Mm -hmm. to then getting my MBA at the University of Phoenix. Yeah. So, And I um, I had a mentor in my company, and he basically was telling me, he was like, listen, you know, GCU's about to kind of blow up and become really big. He was not wrong, was he? No. And he was like, get it through them, you know? And I said, okay. And so I did. My, well, and so I I ended up not going the MBA route. I ended up going, um, I got a green belt in Six Sigma and a master's certification project management instead. I think that's better. It's fine. That's (laughs) (laughs) It's more useful. Okay, Okay, I'll make sure I note it on my resume. The boss says it's more useful. <laughs> it's more useful. But I felt like at Boeing, so Boeing paid for people's college. Yeah. And so it felt like everybody had an MBA. And I was yeah. like, well, I actually want to stand out, not just like check another box. And yeah. so that's why I did that. But going back to GCU, so my niece is in softball. Actually, all my nieces are in softball. On like both sides of the family, it's really bizarre. They're in softball. And I was, so I have another assistant and she goes to GCU. So I was telling my niece, like, you should look into it because they're really pouring money into their school and yeah. they're putting scholarships out there and she wants to study nursing and I guess they have a great program. And she only wants to play for a D1 school, which I had to learn what a D1 school is. Yeah, I, I remember someone had to educate me one time on that. Right. <laughs> so I looked it up because I was like, well, GCU is probably not a D1. So, oh, no, they are. Yeah. They're a D1 for softball, at least school, yep. just like ASU or U of A or anybody else. And so I was really surprised at how how much they have, like, come up. Yeah. Like, it feels like recently, right? So quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, I mean, like I said, my when my mentor told me, I kind of just looked at him, yeah. you know. Um, but he must have known something I didn't know at that point because he was right. You know? Yeah, I feel like they're still pouring a lot of money into their school. Yeah, so, and I mean, they have, from my experience, the people they ha- that come out of their programs are, I mean, I'm, I might be biased, but I have one of my employees and she did dance there and she's just one of my best employees ever. Wow. And then we have another kid. He's currently there and he's like an intern for us. Same thing. And like the sweetest people, like, I don't know, they're whatever they're doing, GCU's doing it right. So, well, and so I... Um, I've taken CCIM classes, which is a commercial commercial designation. And there's been students in our class, and, you know, they kind of tell you before, like, hey, you you all are sitting here to learn, you know, whatever we're learning that day. But there's students in here also learning just to let you know, and they want to ask you questions afterwards and stuff. That is the only school I've ever seen do that. Mm -hmm. There's no other school I've ever had students in my class. Yeah. As a student. Student, as an in-person student at UW, I didn't go do anything like that unless right. I sought it out on my own. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really interesting that they were giving them those kinds of opportunities. And then that makes sense that that would then develop well-rounded employees. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. amazing. I would I would take any any more out of there. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. if any GCU students are listening or anybody else is yeah. interested in going into finance, I'm sure you guys are hi- always hiring. Yeah. How can people get a hold of you? So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn and you can also go to Wild Wealth and that's wild with an E mm-hmm. um, .com and all my information is on there as well. So Fantastic. Yeah. And are you guys hiring? What would you like to tell the people out there? Yeah, you know, we are, we're growing, like I said, constantly. So we are always hiring and um, I always tell people one of the best ways if you are just trying to get your foot in the industry is to really start as, you know, we call them CSRs, but an assistant to an advisor. Mm-hmm. You just learn so much knowledge doing that and then work your way up with whatever you want to do. So, And then you could be the next Jackie. You could, yep, <laughs> when I'm ready to hang it up and retire. <laughs> it was so nice to have you on. Thank yeah. you so much for chatting with me thank today. Thank you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So thank you for having me. You've been listening to Smashing Through Walls, a place for robust conversations about the building and blocks of Arizona commercial and real estate investments. Host Carla McGee is a commercial real estate broker with MHG Commercial, powered by My Home Group. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of My Home Group and do not constitute any offer or advertisement of business or services. The real estate market is cyclical and listeners assume all responsibility should any return on investment, tax consequences, credit effects, or financing terms not meet their expectations. Guests may not be qualified to provide financial, legal, or tax advice regarding a real estate transaction. Listeners are advised to obtain professional tax and legal advice and counsel.